Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, my good people. I'm John Middlecoff. This is a three and out podcast. Football is unofficially back. Preseason. Every team will be playing this weekend. I think we're 30 days away from kickoff. Uh, so let's go. Let's get our mind right. Let's get fired up. Got a lot to talk about. I had some big takeaways I had from the Hall of Fame speeches. I thought Sunday night was fantastic. Josh Allen contract happened over the weekend. Have some thoughts on that and maybe how it impacts a couple other guys in his draft class. I thought I'd do something uh, how the preseason works. I still get uh, uh, uneasy around this time. It's by far, from a pro scouting standpoint, one of the busiest times of the year. It's an absolute grind these next three weeks. Maybe a little easier with the three preseason games. It was four when I was doing it. But I'll just kind of give you an inside look and break down what front offices do for the next 30 days because it is a busy time. And then just wrote down a bunch of NFL stories, a lot of stuff going on in the league, and I will just fly through. Everyone who left a, uh, a review, if you listen on Collins' feed, go to the 3 and Out feed, subscribe, listen that way, leave a review on the 3 and Out, Apple iTunes. Also, Middlecoff Mailbag is my Instagram, at John Middlecoff. That's how I answer questions for the show. We do it at the end for you people new. And uh, it's how we interact with the people here. So, at John Middlecoff, my Insta, Direct messages wide open, fire in the DMs, and get read on the show. Let's roll, baby. Okay, I, I'm sure like many of you, watch some of the Hall of Fame broadcast. I was out and about Saturday night, 
getting after it amongst the people. So I was at bars. I, I, I didn't watch any of the speeches live. I was a little, I had DVR'd it because I thought they were all Saturday night. Well, I lucked out. Turns out all the ones that I really wanted to watch were Sunday. So Peyton, John Lynch, and Charles Woodson. Megatron too, and Tom Flores from uh, from Sanger, little little town in the Valley. Big Tom Flores is a big deal in the Valley. He's a big deal with the Raiders too. But I mean, uh, take a lot of pride from my uh, my people that I know in the Valley. And one thing really stood out to me, and just watching all these guys talk talk about their story, and I think we all can relate to this. No matter what you do in life, so much is out of your control. I would imagine many people listening work their ass off, do everything possible, treat people the right way. Don't let social media fool you. Well, one thing I've noticed now that we're all back out and about, most people are friendly. Most people are good people. Most people treat people the right way. And I I think most people professionally, you know, attempt to be high achievers, at least that I try to surround myself with. I think, you know, a lot of Collins audience is definitely that way and interacting with many of you guys through social media you do everything humanly possible. I know, just speaking for myself, everything, right? Yet you need things to go your way. If you married your high school sweetheart, she had to grow up in your town. What if her family didn't live in the town? You wouldn't be married to her. Or married a girl that you went to college with. Well, what if you know, you're married to Megan, and instead of going to USC, she had gone to Arizona? Never even met her. And it's so many things like that in life that I think it works business-wise and I think it works personally that you have no control of. Now, you can set yourself up and put yourself in position to be ready when an opportunity comes, but most things that happen to us are external stuff that we do not control. And I'm watching Peyton Manning talk, and you go, Peyton Manning would have gone anywhere and succeeded. He would have kicked ass. He's an all-time great. And listen, I think Peyton and Brady are the bird magic of the NFL. They came around at the internet age and they took the NFL into a different stratosphere. And now it runs circles around every other sports and it's by far, not even competition, the biggest sport in America. That was not, when I was growing up, Michael Jordan was bigger than any NFL athlete, including Favre. By far, Michael Jordan was the biggest thing in the 90s. And I'd argue baseball players, Cal Ripken Jr., Ken Griffey Jr., were bigger than most football players. That clearly is not the case now. NFL's king. But Peyton Manning, who is this viewed as a once-in-a-generation player, goes, well, he went to Indy and he saved him. Well, kind of. Bill Polian was their general manager. He's in the Hall of Fame. Bill Polian had built, you know, I know they never won a Super Bowl, but the Buffalo Bills. I'm on his Wikipedia page last night. I had forgotten. He was a general manager for three years for the Carolina Panthers. They were... A startup franchise. By the second year, they were in the NFC Championship game. That's how good that guy is at picking players. The very next year, after they drafted Peyton Manning, a dude over the weekend got inducted to the Hall of Fame, Edron James. Everyone thought they should have taken Ricky Williams. Bill Polian was elite. He then hires Tony Dungy when he gets fired from Tampa Bay. Peyton didn't control any of that, who his general manager, who his head coach was. Hell, Marvin Harrison was on the team when he got there. So for his, And Peyton Manning is easily, immediately one of the greatest players to ever go into the Hall of Fame. And think how much stuff went right for him in his life. And he is known as one of the hardest workers in sports history. John Lynch, a little different than Peyton Manning, 
goes to the Bucks, aka the Yucks. They were a joke. Yet, within a couple years, he's there, obviously. They hire Tony Dungy in 1996. Look who was on his staff. Monty Kiffin, Mike Tomlin, Herm Edwards. Then they draft guys like Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks, who were in the Hall of Fame before John. So he, listen, he ended up playing with multiple Hall of Famers. Now, John Lynch is an incredible player. And he probably would have been good no matter where he went. But as a defensive player, who surrounds you is really out of your control. And as he said last night when he pointed at Rondé, you're next, buddy. There is a chance, and I haven't really studied Rondé's resume, four players from that defense get in the Hall of Fame. And the head coach is in the Hall of Fame. And then they and then they traded for John Gruden. John Lynch had no control over any of that. Charles Woodson is a great example. He gets drafted to the Raiders. And in 1998, they hire John Gruden and go on a four-year successful run that we know how it's gone since. They've made the playoffs once since that little run, and he made the Super Bowl. He was Defensive Rookie of the Year, was one of the best players in the late 90s, early 2000s on a really, really good team because it helps to make the Hall of Fame. Calvin Johnson's a little bit of an outlier when you're on really good teams because your games matter, your plays matter. And then when the Raiders were kind of falling apart, he went to the Packers. And at the time, he went, you know, Brett Favre. Well, a couple years later, Brett's out of there. They have this new quarterback. I don't know who's even better. Now, Charles is an all-time accomplished athlete. He was Mr. Ohio. He won the Heisman. He was a defensive rookie of the year. His talent was immense. But as a corner slash safety, you need help. Back to John Lynch. And then he goes to the Packers. He's playing on really good teams. Wins a Super Bowl. And he was defensive player of the year on a Super Bowl team. Changed his career forever. So these guys last night, to me, the three headliners were Manning, Lynch, and Woodson. All of them benefited from things surrounding them that they had nothing to do with. Charles, when he went to the Packers, people forget this, the interest in him was not that great. He was banged up. People thought he was injured. Think about Peyton Manning. When he actually did control his own destiny, he knew what it took. He had been around Polian. He had been around all those great players. He chose Elway. He chose that defense. He chose all those young players and kind of got the last, you know, three and a half years of his career, got the extra Super Bowl, but really put icing on the cake of one of the greatest careers in the history of sports. So I I think often we think these guys, especially quarterbacks, can control it all. It's bullshit. You you cannot. Even head coaches like Nick Saban, for as great as he is, like he's hired a lot of good coaches. Obviously, he recruits really well. And, and it's it's probably college is a bad example. You could control more. In the NFL, you can't because you only get one first-round pick a year. And if your coordinators are good, they will get head coaching jobs. So th- th- there's an element like, listen, did Sean McVay believe in Brandon Staley that he was really impressive? Of course. Did he think he would be a good defensive coordinator? Without question. That's why he hired him. But it's pretty clear like he was better than advertised, right? I mean, so sometimes you just got to kind of take a step back and go, God, you know, you need some you need some breaks in life. Okay, let's get into Josh Allen. He signs a historic NFL contract. I think Friday afternoon, oh, I guess maybe it happened Thursday night, Friday morning. By the time my podcast came out, it was it got announced. 
it was too late because I was like, damn, I would have loved to talk about that. And Josh Allen is someone that most people, including myself, would never have drafted. I watched him play in college. I thought it was nuts to take him number seven overall. And I vividly remember going to the Combine. It would have been that year. So it would have been 2018. And a buddy uh, shows you why the Chiefs are so good. From the Chiefs was like, bro, you're too hard on him. He, he's He's got a lot of talent. And I, one thing I hammer home all the time, that it, it, this isn't Facebook acquiring Instagram. This isn't Google you know, acquiring YouTube, right? This isn't Amazon acquiring Whole Foods. There ain't spreadsheets on this bad boy. You don't know how much revenue you're getting. It's not quantifiable. You are investing in human beings. Now, Josh Allen has quantifiable attributes, right? His height, his speed, his arm strength. Like We, we can see that. But ultimately, when you invest in someone, and I... I I, I can't respect people like anyone should be able to work hard. Everyone listening, when you didn't have any money, right? We've all started in a job. I know me personally in the NFL, 20 grand. When I started in radio, I was part-time, not even making that much money. When I went solo into the podcast business, almost went to zero. It's fucking easy to work hard when you don't have any money because you're just trying to get more money and more money and more money. Anyone can work hard making $10 an hour, right? Making 10 grand a year, making 20 grand a year. What happens once I start giving you some cash? Do you maintain that work ethic? And that's the one thing you truly don't know. Like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, they became elite players. Think how early in their careers they became super rich, right? It's pretty impressive to work that hard when you have an unlimited amount of money. We all, listen, it's human nature to pull off the pedal. It just is when life becomes a little easier. And great athletes, great business people, they never pull their foot off the pedal. And the general manager's job, and I just read this article on The Athletic, is to try to find the guys that they can go, and listen, Josh Allen was the seventh pick in the draft. So he was already a millionaire. So you had some semblance of how he would act, right? Even once... The Rams and the Eagles paid Wentz and Goff. Those guys were the first and second pick in the draft. They were already multi-millionaires. But there's a listen, is there a big difference from going to making seven million dollars a year to 35 million dollars a year? I don't know. It's never happened to me. But like it clearly has impacted some of those guys. Now, maybe it's not because of money. I I, I don't know exactly. Jared Goff just physically is limited. Right? Carson Wentz. Injured all the time, kind of a weird dude. He's just his own little deal. But both those teams regret investing into those two human beings. And the Eagles were lucky to get to pawn him off on the Colts, and he's now their disaster. But ultimately, I wrote down a couple things. That if I was a general manager, even if I had the three or four years, and obviously Baker and Lamar are going to fall into this category too, the number one thing is I would look for, because if you're even talking these type contracts, He's already produced, right? Josh Allen just got the Buffalo Bills to the AFC Championship and had a season where he, you know, basically, I I think he threw high 30 touchdowns. I think the number was 42 touchdowns he accounted for, either throwing or running. So he produced at high level. Their offense was unreal. But to me, the number one thing, can he set the tone for the franchise? I remember interviewing Carson Palmer a couple years ago, and I asked him, what's the thing you missed the most? It wasn't like the fame It wasn't even playing on Sundays. He told me the thing he missed the most was the pressure 
of the franchise on his back every time he walked in the building. He felt it, but he took pride in that, right? He, he knew that every day that he walked in, Monday through Sunday, everyone was looking at him. Whether it was an OTA or whether it was week seven, you're the quarterback. Everyone is looking at you and the head coach. So can he set the tone for the entire franchise? Now, they have three years of evidence. They have to have a pretty good feel for the person. And to me, that goes back to number two, like factoring in number one. Is he the hardest working guy in the building? Because if he's the hardest working guy in the building, you got a pretty good chance. Because if he's the hardest working guy in the building, is he really going to change once he gets money? I I think you kind of bet on those human beings. Now, again, you never know. Why? Because we're humans. So if you went, even if you were making a million dollars a year, right, which is a shitload of money, and you would originally, uh, uh, immediately probably be the richest guy in your friend group, unless you got some really rich friends or a professional athlete or someone listening. But most normal people in society, right, especially in their 20s and 30s, aren't making a million dollars a year, right? You'd be a top one percenter, top one one percenter. Do you still grind as hard if that one goes to 20? That's a big money difference. You start getting into the realm of things where everywhere you go, everything is free. And you never truly know. But also, when you invest in someone, even if they check those boxes, is he going to be dependable? Is he going to be reliable on and off the field? Because you don't want to bet on someone who doesn't play. Like that became a problem with Carson Wentz. They had bet on him and he was always injured. Where it was kind of the opposite for Jared Goff. Jared Goff was always available. Problem is, when he was available, it wasn't that great. Because Sean McDermott is a grinder. And to me, Sean McDermott never would have given the thumbs up if he didn't feel that John or Josh Allen met all those requirements. The other thing is, Sean has worked around some pretty polarizing, really talented quarterbacks. He was in Philly, Donovan McNabb's heyday. He was with Cam all those sweet years in Carolina. So he's got a pretty good deep, he's got a very good feel for just what a Pro Bowl elite talent looks like. Cam, elite talent. Donovan McNabb, elite talent. And a big reason those two franchises just were in the mix every year were those two guys. But if I told you that Josh Allen has Cam Newton or Donovan McNabb's career, I think Buffalo would be probably, uh, you know, aspiring and expecting a little more. Right? Now, there's no guarantee that he can get there. But if he can handle the fame, if he, if his work ethic maintains, if he does not change what he's doing, and he keeps improving. Here's the other thing. You're either getting better or you're getting worse. Back to Goff, he didn't improve. Even if you said Jared Goff stayed the same, well, if you stay the same, you get worse. That's my, you know, my question with Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is any different than he was two years. That's the problem. He's not any better. So when you don't improve in the NFL, you get passed. So if you believe Josh Allen can keep taking steps, same, obviously the Chiefs think that with Mahomes, the Ravens think that with Lamar, you think that with young quarterbacks. So you just keep taking incremental steps. You look at Peyton and Tom, they got better for like 15 straight years. Think how fucking hard it is to get better when you're that good. Think how hard it is to get better when you're Tiger Woods. It's borderline impossible, but he found ways. And that's how you maintain your edge. And it's, you know, in football, it also, like, there's pressure on Sean McDermott to be on and keep coaching him up and have him improve. And that edge keep widening. 
if they can do that, which I think we all pretty comfortable, Andy and Mahomes are going to do that. So they're going to stay a powerhouse. If the Bills can do that, not even quite on that level, but just keep having them incrementally improve. Because if he just maintains what he did last year, he's pretty good. But you can't. You have to improve or you're just getting worse. You know, as someone in the league told me, they thought they were impressed with the deal from the fact that the Bills got six years. So if this guy turns out to be what they expect him to be, they have him under contract for eight seasons. Eight. That's a long time. And the the money, this is all monopoly money. So for me and you, making $43 million is jaw-dropping, right? To these NFL teams, like in three years, the cap's going to be $260 million. There'll be guys making $65 million a year, you know, in, in this decade for sure. So he's like, I, th- I was expecting the number to be 45. They got him at 43. He thought the Bills got a couple wins. And from Josh Allen's standpoint, like 43, you and I and everyone listening do cartwheels for $43 million a year. There, there is a small list of human beings in the history of the world, even relative to inflation over the years, that make $43 million a year. <laughs> it's about as good of a job as you can find in the world for someone that doesn't own the company and has zero equity in everything that's the revenue, right? He's just an employee, technically a partner, but really paid like an employee. $43 million a year employee. So life's pretty good for Josh Allen. Now just on the bills to, you know, keep coaching him up. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, 
Head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, when, when I grew up, I uh, came from a two-parent, if I was reading my scouting report, two-parent working class uh, household. My dad uh, was a farmer, worked for like a farming operation. And my mom worked for like the state government in Sacramento. And different times of the year, they were a lot busier. For my dad, harvest season, they did a lot of, they, he, he was in the tomato business. Tomatoes were really big in the summer. And it would be really busy all night, 24-7, you know, for like three or four weeks span. And depending on other crops they were doing, it could just be, his hours were nuts. My mom, when they were passing certain bills or certain times of the year, would like pull all-nighters. She wouldn't even come home. This is pre-cell phone, right? You'd have to call the office like, Mom, where's the, uh, where's the meat? <laughs> you know, me and, me and Jeff, we, we, don't, we don't have any food. And, you know, my dad's like, you guys figure it out. And no one's around. Times were a little simpler back then. Uh, and it was just really busy. Now, she also got, you know, I think a month off. It's kind of like a teacher. She would get time off when they were, quote unquote, out of session. Same with my dad. And like the winter, there was nothing going on farm-wise. He'd go do whatever he wanted to do, right? But there were certain times of the year that were busy as, you know, as it can be. And I'm sure every single job, like if you're an accountant listening to this, you have times that are busier than others, right? AKA when tax season's coming around. Well, the thing that still makes me nervous is just this time of year, August. Because when I worked in the NFL, it was by far our busiest time. Leading up to the draft and free agency, you have so much time to get ready. You have the entire season. You have, for the draft, you have all the months once the season ends. For free agency, you've been putting together reports and plans and building a board for six months. When the preseason comes, I want to go over this because, you know, you don't hear that many people talking about this. I've been in the office 
when you have to rank all the preseason players. And I remember first getting there, getting my assignment, like, God, this is pretty crazy. Now, this was based on four preseason games. Now, there are just three preseason games, so it's a little bit easier. And sooner and later, there's going to be two preseason games because we're going to go to an 18-game schedule. So right now, basically how it happens is you take all your pro scouts and everyone in the office, non-coach, and you divide all the teams in the league. So all 31 teams, you split them up. And your main pro scouts that are also going to be your advanced scouts get teams that you're going to end up playing. And I've talked about this a little bit. Throughout the preseason, you are taking every bit of information that comes. So whatever your favorite team is, you know several beat reporters and people that either tweet, Instagram, write newspapers about your team. We got these things called notes slash clips every day on every single team. Now, maybe it's changed a little bit with social media, but basically every article written on every team is assembled into one document and then you split it up and you go through that document every day, all month, and you highlight different things. Injuries, guys that are standing out, guys that are struggling, and you accumulate all this information in your system. Then when the games start, as they will this weekend, I think we got a couple games on Thursday, three or four games on Friday, games on Saturday, games on Sunday, the preseason games, every single you know scout that is assigned to the individual teams will evaluate every player in the draft class from the fourth to undrafted free agents. So your fourth, your fifth, your sixth, and seventh round players, and then all the undrafted free agents that you guys had good draft grades on. And obviously, if an undrafted free agent that you didn't write up or didn't think highly of starts playing well, you will evaluate that player too. So you will spend hours upon hours for the next three weeks evaluating all the players who are playing in these preseason games. So while me and you, and I'm just one of you now, are sitting on the couch like when the third, you know, second half of these preseason games, they're like, this is pretty boring. I might change the channel. They cannot change the channel. Now, they don't evaluate off TV, so you actually don't need to watch necessarily the game live, even though a lot of these guys go to the game, but they will go back. Now, it's technology has made it easier. So if I'm watching, let's just say Seattle, and they have a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round pick, when I was in the league, you know, less than a decade ago, you had to manually go through and find them. Now you can siphon everything out with numbers and technology. So it is a little easier, but you spend so much time. It's why so many people in the scouting community get negative and get bitter because they think like, oh, you're just watching like Tom Brady and Julio Jones and Aaron Donald. No, you are not watching those guys. You are watching the opposite. You are spending the majority of your time watching the fringe guys in the league. And then you give them grades based on the three preseason games. Obviously, you have two or three weeks before preseason games start. And all the scouts are going to every practice. And you're meeting with the GM, right? You're, you know, some depends, certain teams do it differently, but going to personnel meetings with the scout, with the coaches and the scouts. And you have a good idea for the strengths and weaknesses of your own team. So if you know, you know, our DBs suck and we need to find a guard. The group of scouts that are watching all those fourth through undrafted free agents, also because there was no preseason last year, you're going to watch that entire rookie class from last year for guys that did not play in the league. So like a fifth round pick who was on a team's practice squad all year, you don't have a grade on him beside his draft grade because he hasn't played any NFL snaps. 
So you are you got to really kind of backtrack and see how he looks. So you actually are double dipping this year. Now you would watch that guy probably anyway, but you have no frame of reference. You don't know how he looks beside how he looked in college. So the amount of work that the scouting community does these next three weeks is crazy. Now you focus your efforts more typically on areas where now you got to watch all these guys and put grades on them, but you really watch closely. If you know your team needs a backup tackle, you guys are locked into the backup tackles. If you know your team might need a safety, you're really watching those safeties hard. And if you like a guy, you move him up the food chain, right? You may text your GM two games in like, hey, this guy, you know, the the position group, the team he's on, let's say he's on, I'm just going to pick a team, the Cowboys, they got three corners that are locked to make the team. This guy may get cut. They may try to put this guy in practice squad. This guy could make our 53-man roster. So you get those conversations going. But a simple reality, and we all know this, when that 53-man cutdown comes from 90 guys, they've added 10 more guys over the last four or five years. It used to be 80. Now it's 90, and there's only one cutdown. When that cutdown happens, there's a lot of names on that list. So basically, every name that's on that list, you know, at the end of the month, you have a grade on. And then ideally, you know, that really the couple days leading up, you have three or four guys isolated. If this guy is getting cut, we're going to claim him. The problem, and we'll get into the claiming thing, it's based on the draft order. So if you're like the Pittsburgh Steelers and you want to claim a guy, well, you need him to fall to you in the draft in the in the draft order, right? You don't get to pick first. So if the Jags want him, if the Raiders want him, if the whoever, the Colts, the Lions, some of these teams want him, they get him. It's just a grind, man. I mean, I just remember you end up watching so much film. I, I get a lot of people DMing me like, I really want to work in the league. If you want to scout in the NFL, you have to be addicted to watching film. Like these articles you read about Brandon Bean wheeling and dealing with Patrick Collins of CAA for Josh Allen's contract, of Howie Roseman working a trade with Nick Casario, that is not what you end up doing. You don't do any of that. You just watch tape after tape after guy after guy and you write reports. That is the overwhelming majority of the work that you do is watching tape. And as a coach, they spend a lot of time watching tape too, but they also on the practice field coaching guys up. As a scout, you're kind of just in your cubicle, in your office, watching tape 24-7, 365. Now, when you're the lowest guy in the totem pole, you get to do some stupid remedial tasks like go pick up guys at the airport, pick up food, whatever. But at least it like gets you outside and you can breathe. There were times in my second year as a pro scout, I, I feel like I didn't go outside besides coming to work and going home for weeks on end. You don't go to, you know, it wasn't even going to practice. And this by far, at least during the season, time's a little bit on your side. The amount of random football players that you will watch that a large majority of them will never impact an NFL game. But you have to watch them all because a small percentage will become players, will become guys that you need to claim or guys that you'll end up playing against and then advance scouting. So this is a, this is a very, very busy time for the scouting departments. And uh, while people, we get to make fun of the preseason games, they do not. Okay, what I thought I'd do is just, there's so, many, so much stuff's going on. I just wrote down a bunch of different stories. And I'll, I'll give my thoughts on everything uh, that is happening around the league. Or just something that I, I saw that stood out to me. There might not be a player this preseason, including Tua, 
all the young guys that have as much on the line as Jordan Love. And he's not even going to play. But the Packers, the situation was created because of Jordan Love. Not him personally, but because of what he represented when they drafted him and the pressure then that Aaron Rodgers has put Gudikins and Murphy and just the whole situation, right? It all stems back regardless of what he says. I know he claims, also the older veterans, that was the nail in the coffin. That really was like, uh, you know, the gasoline on the fire that erupted. Now, I do believe... The Packers are a Super Bowl contender. They're easily one of the best teams in the league. They are going to win. And Aaron Rodgers is tailor-made for this offense. I think that they could win, either get back to the NFC Championship, get to the Super Bowl, whatever, and smooth this all out. Money talk, shit walks, pay him a bunch of money, keep Devontae. I do believe it's possible. Now, is Gudekin's dynamic enough? We'll see. But there have been reports. They've been talking to practice. I watched some of his press conference on, on Saturday. He looked like he was in good spirits. His coach is tight with the with the quarterback. I think it's tenable. Now, I'm not saying that it 100% is going to happen. You never know. We're dealing with humans. Big ego and Rodgers. Prickly. But the Packers have a lot on the line the next three weeks. Because if Jordan Loves plays well, it really gives them two options. If he's really good, one... If Aaron doesn't want to come back, they go, you know, we might actually have something. Now, do I think he's going to be the next Aaron Rodgers? Of course not. But what if he's just like an Alex Smith? What if you can just keep winning with the guy and he's cheap? It could help the franchise take a deep breath and go, okay, Aaron, we're just, we've done everything humanly possible. We'll keep your guy, Devontae Adams. We brought back your friend, Randall Cobb. We let you come into the personnel meetings when we cut down the team. What else do you want? Like, we can only do so much. Assuming he, like, doesn't think they've done enough. Well, if this guy's good in these preseason games, it's it's possible to transition without Aaron, right? You could trade him and go with Jordan Love. Now, if you do fix the situation and you go, you know, Rodgers still got three or four years left. Maybe we can win another Super Bowl. Maybe we can win two more. You can trade him because his value would skyrocket. Every year, teams need quarterbacks. We know that. So if I can get Aaron uh, Jordan Love, who has multiple years of NFL experience. Let's say he looks really dynamic in the preseason. I know he's been learning behind Rodgers. Now, I I could get him for cheap. What if I get him for a second-round pick or two-twos? Because his value is not probably a first-round pick unless he just looks incredible because he's already two years into his contract. And he's only going to have the preseason to go off of, right? So if I'm another team and I am intrigued, I might be able to get him on the cheap. I might be able to get a premium because quarterbacks, if he turns out to be just be solid, are premiums at a relative discount where we saw what it takes for the 49ers to go from 12 to pick three to get a rookie quarterback. Now, you have that rookie quarterback several years on that rookie deal. Jordan Love next year will be going into year three, so you'd really only get two years. He has the fifth-year option, but the fifth-year option is very expensive. So if Jordan Love is good, it gives the Packers option. Now, on the flip side, if he's bad... They have no choice, but they got to figure out the relationship with Aaron Rodgers. They, they, they do not. That That is just, that's their only option. They, they have to fix that relationship, right? Because if he stinks, you cannot transition to him. It'll get everyone fired. Matt Stafford, when he was sitting there watching Calvin Johnson, and even, you know, when I was talking about Peyton and John Lynch and Charles Woodson, those guys, things that happened out of their control, obviously Megatron had the things the least amount go for him out of his control, right? He got drafted by the Lions. It's just kind of a joke franchise. He did get to play with many years with Matt Stafford. 
a big arm gunslinger. So the majority of his highlights came playing with Matt. And watching Matt watch Calvin Johnson, I, I just thought like, people love this guy. He's an absolute grinder. He's got a ton to prove. That had to be a moment where it's like, if I can change my the landscape of my career these next five, six years with McVay, maybe one day I could be sitting here. If I could win a Super Bowl with the Rams and go on like a five-year stretch where I'm a pro bowler every year and one of the best players in the league and win an MVP, maybe one day they talk about me like one of these guys. When I just saw him sitting there and smiling, just like, you know, I'm really, really intrigued to watch Matt Stafford this year. Urban Meyer, Trent Baalke, I, I, I can't imagine they have just some seamless relationship. Uh, you know, both guys kind of egomaniacs. Balky has a history of not getting along with people. Urban has never had to answer to anybody. Now, technically, Balky answers to him, but he needs Balky because Balky knows the league. They drafted a guy. Now, these guys didn't draft him, but Trent was around last year in the draft. C.J. Henderson, which a lot of people in the NFL really like, corner out of Florida. The ninth pick in the draft at a premium position, and they're already talking about trading the guy? Like, that's just fucking bizarre. But expect bizarre things to happen when you get a coach with no NFL experience that comes in. Like, if you can't take the ninth overall pick that has a lot of talent and figure out how to use them at corner, like, that's on you. What are you going to trade them for? Now, could they trade them like Minka Fitzpatrick for a first-round pick? Maybe they could. But wouldn't you just, like, wouldn't the Miami Dolphins just wanted Minka Fitzpatrick on their team? Like, he's one of the best players in the league. They got good all of a sudden. It, what if the Jags are good in two years? Wouldn't they just want a top-end corner? So if other good teams value him for a first-round pick, wouldn't you just want that guy? I, I, don't, I don't get it. Now, I know schemes change, especially at corner, can impact greatly a player. But man, that one that one's a head-scratcher for me. But I'm expecting Urban Meyer in this situation to be a head-scratching experience. Uh, Saquon Barkley, who is easily one of the most physically gifted players we've ever seen in the NFL. Top-end speed elite. Uh, ability to make guys miss elite. Just instincts as a running back elite. Now, terrible pass blocker, but, you know, you just can't ask him to pass block. Really weird for a guy that's really strong. You know, you'd think he'd take some pride in pass blocking. In his career so far, he has not. As a scout told me, he's the worst pass blocker in the league for a good player. Like, he's terrible. Doesn't want it. But he's not, like, scared. So it's just, it's a bizarre situation. But he's back. And if the Giants are going to be good this year, first and foremost, Daniel Jones just needs to be good. Needs, just needs to be solid. Saquon can really help him out. Because he can catch. Uh, now, I don't know if their offensive line is any good. But if he can just give them a 1,000-yard rusher, it should help change the team. Right? Slows everything down. Uh, they they add Galladay. They draft the dude in the first round to play wide receiver. Their defensive oriented squad, even though their head coach is technically a former quarterback, he feels more like a defensive guy. If Saquon is elite, non pass blocking, he could just really really help their team. Couple stories coming out of Cincinnati Bengal camp that would make me nervous. First and foremost, I don't blame this first story. I understand it. I I have a torn MCL right now, and I'm scared to you know get surgery. Not because I'm scared of the surgery, just I don't really want to rehab or whatever. But I, my dad, who once tore his patella tendon and his ACL is a really bad knee injury, was never the same. Now, he was not a professional athlete. He was just a normal human. But we've seen time and time again, guys have major lower body injuries. And that first year back, they're just hesitant. They're tentative. 
it's it be human nature. Like Joe Burrow is a tough guy. All the reports are he's very scared on the knee. He gets very nervous when guys are around him. Again, very understandable. Problem for Zach Taylor is he needs to show some progress. And if his quarterback's a year away from feeling comfortable, they're fucked. They have no chance to be good. If Joe Burrow is not elite, they, they won't win six games, let alone if he's going to feel his way throughout this year. They might be a two-win team. And to me, the more concerning, again, I, that, that one's understandable. Even if you're like, you know, that sucks. We, it, we get it. The thing that's scary, now, you, you got to take these reports with a grain of salt. You know, I saw The Athletic reported that Jamar Chase is struggling to gain separation. Now, the media loved Jamar Chase. And a lot of people like Jamar Chase. The Bengals like Jamar Chase. They took him five overall. I had a buddy in the SEC that told me, you know what, John? I don't really see it. Not saying that he wasn't a good player. But when you take a guy fifth overall, do you know who you're expecting? Julio Jones. What A.J. Green was for the Bengals. And reports... Coming from a media member, not some trained scout, but if you're at practice, you can tell if a guy's getting open or not. I went to, I remember Amari Cooper got drafted. You knew right away, like, Amari Cooper gets open. Going to Niner practice last week. Brandon Ayuk gets open with ease. George Kittle gets open. You can tell if a guy's getting open or not. Jamar Chase ain't getting open. So if Burrow is going to work through this knee injury and then a star wide receiver can't get open right away, and trust me, if you're not getting open against the Bengals defense, Probably a little harder against the Ravens or the Steelers. As a buddy of mine with the Ravens texted me the other day, he's like, our defense looks pretty freaking good. (laughs) They got some dudes. So the same with the uh, Browns. Like, it's a pretty good division. It it could be a long year for the Bengals. Zach Taylor might be headed back to Sean McVay's, you know, staff when this season ends. And that job, if Burrow then can get healthy, could be a little intriguing. But who knows? Like, not everyone ever comes back from a major knee injury. I think we've gotten kind of cocky. We just think everyone's going to come back, right? Sometimes you tear your Achilles and it's over. Like Kevin Durant came back and he's fine. That's not normal. A lot of times the guy's never the same. Same with football. I think Richard Sherman would tell you, like, I don't think he was the same player, but he was so smart, so tough, he could get by. And he did. He had an all-pro season two years ago, but he wasn't the same Seattle guy. Now, I know that Burrow had a different injury, but... Who knows? That's that's scary things. I, I think, and listen, I'm as guilty as anyone. I think we naturally, when a guy gets hurt, it's like, oh, he'll be back, he'll be fine. We hope. We'll see. The Watson situation is just bizarre, man. I saw some clips at practice. He's just kind of standing there because he doesn't want to get fined $50,000 a day, but he's not taking starting quarterback reps. And the Texans, man, are just, what a dumpster fire organization. I, I have a hard time. To me, when you're a dumpster fire organization in 2021, there has to be a human side of you. I think it's why so often the Belichick guys struggle because they're not taught to be human. And Casario is a stiff stiff. Now, I, I, maybe he's really good at his job and you can overcome that. But I, I think there's a huge human element with all this stuff. I think it could be difficult for him. I, I, I really do. I, I think the Texans could go through a couple year span where they're a pretty big embarrassment. Now, part of this, if if... I don't know. I guess if Deshaun, the stuff had never happened off the field, he was still asking for a trade before that stuff ever came out. So just just crappy times to be a Texans fan. Another thing that's just really weird is Seattle right now. They have Jamal Adams, who has not practiced yet. He's a hold-in. He wants a new contract. Dwayne Brown, their left tackle, has not practiced. He also wants a new contract. 
Pete and John Schneider had to know this. They traded two first-round picks and a second-round pick for Jamal Adams. The number one thing you would have to do when you make that trade is know, well, we have to give him a new contract. I give the Bears credit on this. When they made that historic trade for Khalil Mack, they signed him when they made the trade. So they never, ever had to worry about him holding out, right? They got him because of a holdout. Well, basically the same thing happened with Jamal Adams. Why didn't they pay him when they traded for him? Then they wouldn't have to worry about this. Now, the Dwayne Brown situation, a little bit different. I think he's 36 years old, right? I would not be in the business of breaking off 36-year-olds in in the National Football League, non-quarterback. He's 35. He'll be 36 at the end of the month. But they're, they're in Super Bowl bus mode right now. They are desperate to make another run in the playoffs. They can't function without him. So, you know, often players don't have that much leverage unless you're like an in-the-prime peak player. Usually 35-year-old tackles do not. He's got a little leverage. Like, what are you going to do, Pete? Play without me? No chance. You need me. Like, Pete, you need Jamal Adams, and you need Dwayne Brown. Like, you can nitpick and, and pinch pennies here, but you need to, like, you're trying to win the toughest division in football. And those are two of your better players. I mean, Jamal's probably their third or fourth best player. Dwayne Brown's probably top seven or eight. But when, you know, factoring his importance, given he's a left tackle, he's very important. Well, I don't understand why it even gets to this point, especially with Jamal. But I don't know. Seattle, I guess he said, I saw a clip today that Pete was like, when are you going to worry about this? And he's like, why would I tell you? So he's already getting a little contentious. You can tell the tensions are high. They got a lot on the line. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco-alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, Head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online 
and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Okay, Middlecoff Mailbag, at John Middlecoff is the Instagram. You fire into those DMs, and you get your question read here on the show. This is actually starting with a text message. If you have my uh, phone number, you can shoot me a text. You get read on the show as well. Money being equal, how many teams take Lamar over Josh Allen? This actually reads, how many teams take Josh Allen over Lamar? I think all my friends in the NFL would take Josh Allen over Lamar. And that is to me, much closer of a conversation given Lamar's gotten a lot better. Lamar is much better than anyone ever anticipated he'd be, obviously winning the MVP. I think the question mark is this. To win big in the playoffs, and both these guys have proven they are playoff quarterbacks, right? They can lead your team, 11, 12, 13 wins, get them in position to make a playoff run. In the playoffs, unlike the regular season, you're constant. I mean, in big regular season games you are, and this is where Lamar has struggled, it's third and eight. And in a playoff game, it's 21-21, fourth quarter, third and eight. Can he make the throw? As of right now, his like it would just, I don't feel great about Lamar. Now, up until last year, I don't feel that great about Josh Allen, but he proved like that's kind of his style. He's a throwing quarterback. If Lamar could make that jump, then I think he could be right there hand in hand with Josh. I think the overwhelming majority of people in the NFL would take Josh Allen. Now, Josh has proved much less than Lamar, so it's risky. Josh, you're kind of betting on the come. He can just maintain that, which, who knows? We're about to find out. Big 49er fans, and I've been trying to decide where makes the most sense for Jimmy. What are your thoughts on this? Patriots get Jimmy, and we get Cam and a later pick. Washington gets Jimmy, and we get Fitzpatrick and a later pick. Both teams want a starter now and get a better one than they have. Doesn't look like Mac Jones is playing soon. And we get a solid backup behind the rookie. To me, if Trey Lance beats him out, you just keep Jimmy Garoppolo as the backup. Now, where it gets complicated is Jimmy Garoppolo makes $25 million. In the history of the NFL, a non-starter has never made $25 million. 
So could the Niners convince him to take a $15 million pay cut? Now, maybe Kyle doesn't want to deal with the BS, right? If Jimmy Garoppolo is on the roster week one, his $25 million is guaranteed. Because when you're a vested veteran, if you get even your non-guaranteed money, you get on the roster week one, that cash is guaranteed by that team. So if Trey Lance is named the starter at the end of training camp, that'll be the big question. Do the Niners ask him to take a pay cut? Are they cool just making him $25 million backup? In the history of the league, no team would ever have a $25 million backup. So we'll see. Uh, easily the best NFL show to listen to. I'm from UK and now an avid listener. Andrew, congrats on the success and keep pushing for more. I appreciate it. Okay, JM, I'm a Saints fan and I'm cautiously optimistic for Jameis. Guy's a live arm and people will look at the interceptions, but how much of that is Bruce Arians making him push the ball down the field? A lot. Now, he's not a great decision maker. He's had a full year of quarterback under Drew Brees and Sean Payton. I understand Michael Thomas' injury will hurt, but I still think he can be serviceable. What do you say? Yeah, I, I, I thought they were tailor-made before Michael Thomas is on his injury, right? Because they have a running back that he could just dump the ball to in Alvin Kamara and a wide receiver who does all of his work within like 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. Michael Thomas is not a deep wide receiver. He runs slants, he runs goes. You get him the ball quick and let him make plays. He's a, pos- a dominant possession receiver. Now, Michael Thomas is gone for who knows how long, right? Hell, he could miss the whole season. I saw his Instagram and like he's pissed off. Maybe they trade him to the Jags for, you know, CJ Henderson. Who knows? It's a little harder without Michael Thomas for Jameis Winston. But Jameis, when he's played, has always had good receivers. Godwin and Evans, right? And you thought coming in this year with Michael Thomas. I'm a little less bullish now that he's missing him. Uh, started listening to you because of Colin. Been following. I was a student at Arizona State. 37 now. Married to two kids. So my free time to listen to podcasts is limited. And I have to tell that yours is up there. Appreciate it. I live in North Central Phoenix and work in North Scottsdale and can tell that you'll love it here. I am fearful of a California takeover, population, politics, but we will happily have you. In closing, because of a close college friend who is a huge Broncos fan combined with the scars the Cardinals caused that ruined my youth and my fandom. I'm a big Broncos fan. I'm a lock believer and think he'll earn the starting job over Teddy. Am I crazy? I will be stunned if Teddy Bridgewater beats him out given that I think Drew Locke's playing better this year. Drew Locke is infinitely more talented. Teddy Bridgewater's not very gifted. He can't move. Doesn't have a great arm. To me, he's just a really good backup. If Teddy Bridgewater's your starter, you're not going to be very good. Remember when he started for the Saints, they were one of the best teams in the league, and he only had to start for six games. And one of those games, I think against Seattle, they had like two defensive touchdowns and a special teams touchdown. So I'm with you. My, my, my real estate take right now, I've been advised by the people that I lean on financially that just weird shit is going on. And just Corona all the fake money that's out there, the rent moratorium, and I'm still locked in. I check the market every day. But, you know, I'm being patient because I just there's some weird things are brewing. There's some weird things are brewing. That's me, and I could be wrong. But shit is about to get a little crazy, I think, on the real estate front in some of these markets. 
Where I live, the Bay Area has been relatively unfazed even by recessions. That is not true of a place like Arizona, though I desperately want to be there as soon as possible. I just want to make the right buy. And I'm not in a rush, trying to be patient. I try to pride myself in my, uh, in my mature late 30s. I'll be 37 in a couple months to make good deals. And the deals I've made that have been good have been patience. Now, the place I'm living in now, I had no choice. I had to find a place and I overpaid. It sucked. You know, I, I, I've made a little money, but it's not some of these people around me have made three, 400 grand. And it's like, God, I'm jealous, right? Now, my, the place that I buy in Arizona, I'm not necessarily buying it as an investment property. I, I, I want to buy it where I'm not worried about like losing money in it, but I'm buying it as a happiness play. I want to be there. I want to be in that market. Like I, I want to own a piece of property. But some of these places, I, I'm, I've been looking at some places that were, let's just pick a number, 700 grand. The dude paid 700 grand in the middle of 2020. And right now it's on the market for like 850. And you're like, you didn't even do anything. And you're marking it up 150. And, and the higher the price point, the higher the markup. So if you're looking at a million dollar home bought early 2020, it's back on the market for like one four. You're like, you put in some cabinets. I had a wise guy, a very, very wise man tell me, and I think he's right, because having really dove in to look into a lot of these houses, the biggest mistake people make in real estate, because you, you always want a turnkey, right? It's much easier to get a turnkey property. And if you can't afford it and money's not a big deal, for sure. It's just, you don't have to worry about it. But if you look at a place and a dude buys it for 500 grand, and then it's back on the market, all brand new, remodeled, and it's back on the market for like 850 in these crazy times. And you go, well, it's turnkey, brand new. He might have only put like 75 or 100 grand in. So if you put 75 or 100 grand in, you can then mark that up 3X. And the guy told me, he's like, I've bought a bunch of properties in my life. And the number one thing I never do is get enamored by like, oh, the new cabinets, the new floor. Shit, I'll just put those in myself. And, and the 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 grand that I put in will save me a 200 grand. And I think a lot of people struggle, and I struggle with that. You know, it's like my, my mom's constantly shooting me plays. She's like, look at these, great. Look at the cabinets. Look at the floors. I'm like, mom, they're marking that thing up 300%. It's like, just find someone that lives in the town, get some, get some recommendations, get a dude to put in new floors. You know, 20 grand. Instead, you're paying 150 grand for the new floors. Doesn't, it doesn't pencil. But a lot of people give in. And again, there is something nice to not have to worry about it. I do not argue that. Because it would be a pain in the ass. Now, granted, I, I could come back and forth. They could remodel it. I could be living here, do whatever I want. But I get where people live in a house and they're moving there. It's going to be their residence. They don't want to do I remember my parents remodeled my house when I was like, I don't know, junior high. And it's a pain in the ass. You know, I was like living in the living room. It's just dust everywhere. It sucks. But it does make the house a lot more valuable and saves, if you can afford it, saves you a lot of money. That's uh, Middlecoff on real estate. Have a great day. Talk soon. Shoot me DMs. And uh, enjoy the week. Peace. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. 
like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 